Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to As Some of You Once Were with me, Trevor Briarly, pastor of Round Oak Baptist Church in Corbin, Virginia. Again, I'd like to welcome you as we continue our study as we go through the book of Romans, uh, pointing out today we're going to look at the sixth chapter, verses 12 through 14. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, at least that they're available so that you can look at them as we go through this, start turning there now. But I'm glad that you're here as we're going to continue worshiping the Lord as we continue this journey through Romans. And as we look at this section today, we're going to start by seeing that Paul is laying the foundations now. He's laying the foundations for sanctification. How we're supposed to be in the Lord. How we're supposed to look the way things are supposed to be for followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we look at this, remember the context of what's going on here. Because that's always important to understand. We have to remember that this didn't take place last year or even a hundred years ago. But this is going on in the Roman church in Rome years and years ago. Nearly 2,000 years ago. So what we know and what we think today is vastly different. So again, Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Probably one of the most vile, wicked places that's ever been known. And if you know history, you will know that to be true. We're not going to go into all the things that they were doing at the time. But again, you can take some time for yourself and look up how bad it was. Essentially, it was sin on steroids. And what we can think about is that this is similar to what we are today, but in a different context. But again, it's just like here in America, where we want certain things, so we sin like there's no tomorrow. Because again, we want what we want, we like what we like, and if I want something, I want it now. We justify our sin. We are told by others that sin is right, that it's correct, that it's okay. Then we even say that it's good. We say that it's good, and we start to champion the sin that others do, so that when we sin, perhaps they will accept us and our sin, and we can all glory in sin together. That's what's happening today. It was even, and just as bad, or even worse then. That's the context. And I hope that helps us understand this a little bit better, looking at what Paul is writing about, looking at how he's describing these things, and what the church, those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, should be. But again, Paul is showing us these first steps. The first things that we need to do, the first things we need to understand as followers of Jesus. Because we are not to blend in at all. We're not to look like the society around us, the culture around us. We are to be the opposite of that. We are to stand out. Because we have been made new, we have been radically changed from what we were before, we should look completely different from those around us, those who are still lost and dying and dead in their sins. But again, I hope that you're there. I hope that you found it. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Follow along as I read this. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any part of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But 
As those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God, and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So again, as we look at this, we start to break it down a little bit to understand more of what Paul is really kind of going for here. We're looking at the first, just a couple of verses of this, verse 12, and then the first half of verse 13. Again, he starts off with therefore. And again, as always, you always want to understand why the word therefore is there. Because again, it's keeping things in context to understand what the author's intention is. Because we can take this completely out and miss the meaning, miss the point of all of it. So therefore is essentially a summary of verse 11. Reading that again real quick, verse 11 said this, So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. So therefore, do this. It's pretty simple when you think about it. Do not let sin reign. Do not let it control you. That is what we are supposed to do, right? We are supposed to be this. It says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. That's it. Stephen Lawson said this, we are dead to the reign of sin, but sin is not dead to us. So if we look at that, sin is relentlessly after us. And far too often, we fall into its trap. But Paul says, don't let this happen. Don't fall into it. Don't even start down the slippery slope. Because we often climb to the top of the ladder one rung at a time thinking about how great this ascent is, how good we are. Look how the good the view is from up here because sin is so fun and attractive. But once we start down the slide, the slide that never ends until death, eternal separation from Christ, we cannot stop that because we don't die to sin, but we toy with it, we play with it, we think we can handle it. Paul says, do not let this happen. Don't even begin to let it happen. This is a crucial part of what it means to walk with the Lord. Again, remember what we just read from verse 11 from last time. said to consider, to really think about this. To analytically draw everything that we can from it. And now verse 12 says that we have to start doing something about it. The time for merely thinking about it. We have already done that. We have made our decision. We're going forward. And now we actually have to start doing something about it. There is a battle. A constant one. A conflict with sin. Even the most spiritual, godly people still battle and struggle with sin. That's normal. We will have that. But what we have to understand though is this. That sin has been dethroned in our lives. Through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of us, we no longer have to worship at the altar of sin. But the issue is this. It's still a powerful force. It's still a powerful force in our lives each and every single day. And Paul is telling us this. Because it is easy to let sin reign in our lives. It is easy to let sin take over. To take over our hearts, our minds, our feet, our hands, our tongue everything. Because sin wants it all. Sin wants to take over every part of our bodies. 
But if we are followers of Christ, him in us and us in him, then there is a new person inside of these old bodies. And we don't let sin rule us anymore. It says that so that you will obey its desires. Obey its desires. It's talking about sin here. Back to chapter 12. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Obey sin's desires. Because we have three real enemies. The world, which is the cosmos, the world system, the system that Satan currently rules over. The other one is our flesh, our sin-soaked mortal bodies that lusts after what is corrupt. And the devil, the one who wants nothing but complete power and destruction. And Paul is telling us this. Do not give these a foothold. Don't give them an inch. Because when we give sin an inch, when we give the devil an inch, when we give the world an inch, when we give our flesh an inch, we all know that it will in fact take way more than a mile. Then verse 13, the first half of it, it continues, it says, And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. It's a continuation here. It's more do nots. Do not offer any parts, not your feet, your hands, nothing. Do not give your bodies, your minds, any parts of you over as weapons of unrighteousness. See, the Greek word here is is hopla, which means weapons of warfare. Because there's a real, real spiritual battle that is going on. But again, the more we understand that, the more we start to see that's a good thing. This conflict that is in you, that is evidence of salvation. What we once enjoyed, what we once loved, what we just rolled and cruised with, we now have conflict with. Because the main point is this. Sin must be resisted, confronted, and by the Holy Spirit and His power overcome. And if you know your history, Roman believers at that time would be in a similar position as us today. Rampant sin. Everything's okay. Everyone says that this is fine, that that is fine. Things are not even sin, really. But it's actually good. That love is love and my body, my choice, all this garbage. See, we champion sin. And society tells us that it's a good thing. Sin ruled the lives of people then, and it's the same today. Nothing has changed. There is not really that much different from then until now. Satan still has his grips on people, and again, we make his job very easy. And he's telling us the same lies today, 2,000 years later. Sin has a way of calling truth a lie and lie a truth. But again, what we see here is that Paul is saying, do not fall for the old schemes of the world and of sin. And then verse 13b. As we keep going, it says, But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourself to God as weapons 
of righteousness. And here is the changeover. Again, one of my favorite words in all of Scripture is the word but. It shows such sharp contrast. Do not give yourselves to sin, but. It's don't do this one thing, do this thing. Showing a chasm, such a wide divide. Whether it's from good to bad or from bad to good. Either way, it shows a difference. It's much better when it shows from bad to good for us. So, such as this case. Do not give yourselves into sin, but give yourselves to God. Your whole selves to God. Because now, since now we are alive in Christ, this must be decisive, intentional. As in we need to consistently and continually be offering our bodies to God. Otherwise, if we're honest, intellectually honest with ourselves, we know what will happen. We will give in to the onslaught of sin in one place or another, or in some cases, all of them. We'll give in, though, to the sin that is raging against us. At any given time, doing one of two things, pursuing sin or pursuing God, is what we're doing in our lives. And I'll be brutally honest, there is not an in-between. There is no cruise control. There is no sitting on the fence. There is no in-between. We are to give our lives, ourselves, completely wholly over to God and serve Him and Him alone. There is a word picture here. The word offer in 13 is the same word as sacrifice. And we get what sacrifice means. We know what that means. We give it up, all of it, all the way, completely. So when we do this, we are offering our bodies to God. We should be saying something along the lines of this. Here I am. I am yours. All of me. I am sacrificing the things that I want. I am sacrificing the things that I think. Think to submit wholly to you and to be yours completely. And we do this in obedience and in worship. But again, we can see the polar opposites here. The two sections of verse 13. We can see that they're completely different from each other. We are either offering ourselves to God or we are offering ourselves to sin. We're offering ourselves to righteousness or to unrighteousness. Again, there is no playing the fence. We need to be presenting ourselves and giving ourselves daily as an offering to the God of our salvation, the creator of all things, the one who can save us and give us real life. But we continue to verse 14. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. Now this section, this verse here, starts off with the word for. This is explaining the previous verse, as in, you are able to do this because. Because. 
And what we really have to see here is that we are able to do this because Jesus broke the rule and reign of sin in our lives. And that is the only possible way. As humans, as sinners, how can we do this? How can we live for righteousness? Because in Christ, we are not under the law, but under grace. And that is how. I want to point out two things here real quick. Because some like to try to take this in in weird, goofy directions. First, this does not mean that we shouldn't keep the Ten Commandments. Everybody likes to get rid of rules because then they can make up their own and play into whatever they want. This does not mean that there is no law. Because remember, the law shows us how sinful we really are. And the second one, it says this. So, we are under the rule and reign of grace. The rule and reign of Jesus Christ. But under grace does not mean that we are able to live and or do as we want. As followers of Christ, our hearts are new. We want and long for different things than we used to. Again, we cannot use what I like to call cheap grace to try to think that we are able to do what we like, to continue in sin, to get what we want, and to think that we are not under the rule of law. The reign of grace will not let you go astray, will not let you drift aimlessly in the wind. If we are actually followers of Jesus Christ, having been made new, and under the direction, guidance, and power of the Holy Spirit, there will be conviction, there will be discipline and correction to bring us back, to reestablish our path. I like to call this the Holy Spirit frying pan to the face effect. Sometimes it hurts to be put back into a line. Sometimes it's rough to stay on that narrow path. But it's for our good. Because this rain of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of us. This reign is powerful. The reign of grace is amazing. And thanks be to God that we who follow Christ and who is in us, that we are under it. We can never and will never be a change agent in the world if we look just like it and do the same things as they do. We must be set apart. We must be the ecclesia, the called out ones. That's what church means. We are to be different. We are to reflect, to radiate Jesus to a lost and dying world. Because that's what we do. We should want the world to know the Lord and the Savior, the God of the universe, just like we do. We should want to take that message out. And we cannot take that message out, again, if we look just like them. If we are part A of verse 13, if we are this, if we give ourselves to sin as weapons of unrighteousness, we will never, ever please God by obeying Him because all we care about is the sin in our lives, 
and to get what our wicked hearts desire. The change is real and it must happen. Not based on anything that you can do or that I could ever do, but because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that takes up residence inside of us. And when that happens, he has you and it is his grip that holds on to you, not your grip or my grip to him. Ours are weak. His is very, very strong. But again, that is all I have for today on these few verses. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to reach out. Email me at pastortrevor at roundoakchurch.com. And until next time, take care, be blessed, and may the Lord richly bless you as you fervently seek him.